week, um, it seems like Satan's working overtime. I don't know. Um, it's like that passage in in the 24th chapter of Matthew. It says that many will be offended. That's what I'm sensing. It's like people are just their teeth or their teeth have been set on edge, and <clears throat> wow, people attacking me out of the blue that I'd had long-term relationships with for five years, you know. Kind of blows my mind. It really does. Any thoughts yes, on that, sir. Carl? Or... Yeah, I mean, well, you... Uh, you know, well, um, you know, you got somebody, you know, you have a brother in Christ in me by the grace of God, and this is I'm not <laughs> bragging on myself or or boasting on myself at all. It's not what I'm doing, but you know, in right. as yeah. far as my, you know, as far as my home goes, I mean, the Lord has led us to, you know, has you know, put of all, you know, put all of us together, and I'm gonna stand up for my brothers in Christ, and um, I'm gonna do the Scripture to do it, and I'm gonna use the authorized King James version of the Bible, and <laughs> I mean, you know, if you see that I'm coming against. I know that you would be the first to take a stand against me if I was teaching error, you know? I would hope. Right. And, you know, I mean, you know, yes, sir, this whole, you know, this whole Zionism thing, all right? (laughs) I mean, you know, if (laughs) this just has to, you know, this just, you know, this must be addressed. And, I mean, people, uh, if they're holding any type of dispensational heretical doctrine, they need to be called out on it. And, you know, I want to try to do it in a way that's pleasing to God because, you know, I don't, we don't know who the elect are. You know, we don't know who's just deceived or, you know, what's what. But under no circumstance am I going to allow someone to attack me and my brothers in Christ without me standing up for, what's, for what the truth is. I will not allow it. And... You know, well, the, the yeah. gentleman that you're the gentleman that you're talking about. You know, I've been I've labored with him for over two and a half years with the most patience that I could muster, and trying to explain it. And all of this has just come to the head since he since he's received Edward Henry's books. And so I believe that Edward Henry's books is what has been the catalyst to set him off. Uh, that's just my opinion. Because they're, you know he just got his books a, few, a couple of days, three days ago. So, but anyway, uh, Doris Cole, welcome aboard. And I agree with you. Um, it's very real, and people are threatened. Uh, we used to have a term, you know what CYA is. Well, uh, a lot, and I don't, I don't, I won't use the term out loud. But a lot of people are intimidated by the Zionists and by those who say they're Jews and they're not, and they are so intimidated by this whole political, you know, and so what happens is when they're put in the position with other people that hold a a strong position for truth, they start waffling, and that's what, anyway. Um, Listen, I'm going to turn it over to you guys. I'm going to take a little, uh, I'll kind of question Edward from time to time, but... uh, I know he's got a lot to say about what constitutes a, uh, a Berean. Um, one of you, uh, Mark, do you have Louise Dreeves' email possibly accessible where she makes her comments and questions? If not, I'll try to go get it. Let me see if I can find that. 
Okay. I think I that would, that would be helpful. That way you can ask the question that she posed uh, to Ed and kind of go over that with him. That would be helpful. Or if you have it, Mark, either one of you. Uh, I'm sure if you have Here, let me see here. Uh, in my personal folder, and I'm pretty sure I saved it. Let's see. Come on. Go to the folder. Okay. Let's see. Are we in personal? Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. Uh, let me find it. Let's see if I can find it here. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. Yeah. Um, I have an email address for her here. If you need an email address. Uh, let's see. Looking for the questions from Sister Louise, right? Yes, I have it right here. I'm looking at it. You want me to email it to you, to forward it to you? No, I want you. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, um, I should be finding it any minute now. I know I saved it in here somewhere. Uh, let's see. No, going back too far. I'm. I'll find it in a second here. Let's see. Uh, where is it? Um. Yeah, I have it. I'm looking at it. Uh, let's see. Ah. Uh, the thing about not the thing about John MacArthur, something else, right? Yeah, let me see if I can find it here. Um, go ahead and email it to me, bro. Oh, go ahead. I, okay, I'm gonna forward I it. To, okay, I'm gonna forward it to both of you. All right, okay, very good. good. Okay, well, we want right, to welcome it's everybody. It's on the way. Okay. okay. We we want to welcome everybody on board tonight, and we're about six minutes out before uh, Brother Edward Henry joins us, and we'll just kind of go from there and see what uh, transpires. Um, you know, Brother Larry, but you know, you know, Brother Larry, before we get started and everything, you know. Us as believers, you know, we're promised persecution. That's what we're promised. You know, we, you know, we're not promised a big house and, you know, money and success and all this other stuff that the world deems good. <laughs> That's not what we're promised. We're promised persecution in hard times, you know, and we go from being at home in this world and being sort of at one with it. Whenever we become born again by his grace, we become pilgrims. Right, and we don't worry about what we're going to eat. We don't worry about what we're going to wear. And we Amen. go into the city and we preach the gospel. And if it's not welcome, we kick the dust off our feet when we leave. You know, and yeah, I think that, you know, and that's how we're supposed to look at at life. You know, it's going to put, you know, taking stands on these issues like they, you know, like the King James version of the Bible, like Zionism, like biblical cosmology, like the gospel of God's free grace. These things must be upheld, and they must be fought for and stood up for. And if we're not going to do it, you know, who else is going to do it? I mean, God has given us the grace 
and cause us to believe on him, and it's our reasonable service. Oh, you're right. You're right. I want to welcome Brother Ed Henry. Uh, how are you doing, Brother? Doing well, thank you. <laughs> well, uh, we're just going to delve right into the subject tonight. Um, and I know that I had sent you Louise uh, Dreve's uh, request for this topic tonight on what constitute, you know, what does it mean to be a Berean and and how can you receive instruction and how can you have a teachable spirit and all that. I say all of that tongue-in-cheek after all the emails flowing back and forth, but anyway, I'll tell you what, it's been, it, the last two days have been, you know, it's like a tax city. I mean, it's unbelievable, but uh, why don't you just get into this, and then I think uh, Brother Carl and Brother, um, yeah, <laughs> Brother Mark uh, have Louise's email. They're going to kind of ask you, remind you of some of the questions she wanted after once you get into the topic of, of, you know, how to be a Berean. But uh, go ahead, Brother Ed. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, you have to have the unction of the Holy Spirit. Without that, you can't be a Berean. So, right. um, you know, the, the, if in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 14, it says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine uh, the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Well, Amen. Uh, somebody with the unction of the Holy Spirit who acts as the noble Bereans did uh, cannot be deceived by these crafty people who are laying in wait to dis- uh, pervert the gospel, and they do. Um, without the unction of the Holy Spirit, you won't have the courage, you won't have the full armor of God, and so you're going to be out there without a sword, without a shield, without a helmet, uh, without any sandals, uh, and the, it won't be a fair fight. And, and what has happened is, uh, you know, people, uh, they, they simply are not Bereans because they cannot be Bereans. It is impossible, uh, and that's, that's how you can tell the tares from the wheat. It is only the wheat that are the Bereans. It is only the wheat that checks to see if those things be so. Um, without the unction of the Holy Spirit, you can't even begin to understand God's word. And see, therein lies the problem. These, a lot of these people in the church pews sit there, and they don't truly understand God's word. Uh, because they don't have the unction of the Holy Spirit. They they are very comfortable sitting there and letting somebody preach at them. And then they have a theology and they have a little social club uh, at the church. All right? That's what it is. Um, This idea of uh, being a Berean, nobody can be a Berean unless they are born again. Uh, they have to have the guides of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, this Bible is, mis- is a mystery to, to them, okay? Um, it is, you know, it, 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 the Holy Spirit must guide and inspire people to understand what's in the Bible. The Bible, the knowledge of salvation and the knowledge of what's in the Bible comes by revelation, okay? Yes, 
modern-day revelation comes by reading the Bible, God's Word in the Bible. You cannot understand it without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, that's, that's very well put. And, you know, the fact that, that Louise Dreves, you know, she says God has put it in her spirit that she wants to be a Berean. Well, that to me shows that she wouldn't have a desire to want to have a teachable spirit or to receive biblical correction or to not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. In other words, that's one of the evidences that, you know, that a person's been born again to have that desire. And so, you know, that's what I think that's what you're saying now. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right in your analysis, and it's it's very much like um, the the sower of the seeds. Uh, there there are those plants, okay, that spring up, but when persecution uh, comes about, then they are strangled, okay. Um, and if I remember that that analogy, I, I don't have the passage in front of me. I'm kind of going from memory, so. Um, I think it was the cares of the world that strangled it. It may have been the sun. The sun uh, was the one where the persecution came up. But the bottom line is, uh, it could be either way, whether it's the thorns of this world or the sun. The bottom line is, uh, those who do, those who who's the, where the seed is not planted in the good soil, uh, that is, they 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 are not watered with the Holy Spirit. Um, they can't understand what the what the word means they will compromise with the world when the world pressures them. We see this uh, with the uh, heliocentric model. Uh, Heliocentrism has corrupted the gospel in a lot of these churches, okay? Uh, People, uh, they they fear persecution. They don't adhere to God's word, okay? Now, there are some people that are just ignorant. They don't know any better. Uh, and I think we were all in that camp. In fact, there, we were, there are so many things in the Bible that where we were in one camp or another at one point. But what happened? When you read the Bible for what it said, you were unwilling to compromise. You were unwilling right. to go with what the world said. You were no longer ignorant, okay? God revealed the truth to you, and yes, Yes, revelation is progressive. Yes, some people do know more than others, okay? That's a fact, okay? Uh, But that doesn't make one Christian any better than others. People have different ministries. But the bottom line is uh, when a person is faced with a choice of following God's word or the world system, they will follow God, okay? They will follow Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, and what he has said in his Bible, and not the world system. Whereas the compromisers, those who are lukewarm, who Jesus said he would spew from his mouth, the lukewarm Christians, they will compromise with the world. They will find a way, a middle ground, a way to get along, see? And that's what we see too often happening in the world. Wow, that's uh, hey the uh, uh, Carl or I mean Mark. Uh, Mark, do you have that email up in front of you? Oh yes, I do. Let's see here. You just, there. You just kind of read through that. That way, it kind of help us. She sent this on the twenty-first of February. Uh, 
four questions, possible topics for a talk to discussion. Uh, question number one, what is a teachable spirit? Uh, question number two, what is biblical correction? How do I respond and receive biblical correction? Uh, question three, what is meant by Ephesians 4.14? That was just addressed. And then the fourth question is, what is the full understanding of this verse, Acts 17.11? These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. So that was the four questions from Sister Louise. Okay, thank you. I appreciate yeah, and, that. And, and just to address the, the, the issue in, uh, with regard to the Bereans in, in, uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 17, they could not have received the word, okay, uh, and, and to check to see if those things were so unless they were imbued with the Holy Spirit. Right. Amen. Right. That's, yeah, that's right. Well, another, uh, yeah, Brother uh, Carl, you want to weigh in on this and maybe kind of, bring a linkage uh, together as to what, you know, is happening in the, you know, I was, I was sharing with you before you came on board, Ed, that uh, uh, I think we're living in the days that's mentioned in the 24th chapter of Matthew where it says many will be offended, you know. I see, mm. it seems like there's a heightened offense going on between uh, those who say they're Christians and then those who are trying to stand for the truth, and it seems like you know, there, there's just a lot of uh, offenses out of hand. And, you know, whenever you try to point out the scriptures, people won't deal with the scriptures. Uh, they'll go in another direction. They'll try to sidetrack you. And, and, you know, when you try to deal with, like, for an example, the issue with this uh, um, Zionism, you know, people, all the time when I bring up the issue of spiritual Israel versus physical Israel. Every time people want to jump to this brotherly love stuff, you just got to, you just got to show love. You just got to, you know, and they, they bring in this, whatever, Philadelphia fellowship and, and all kind of stuff and, and bring up scriptures. And I'm not against brotherly love and kindness and all of that, but the thing of it is, do we show brotherly love at the expense of false doctrine? Right. And well, 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 another thing is you have to understand what is meant by the word love. Right. Love is what you love is what you do. It's it, it it's what you do towards somebody else. Okay. Amen. Um, and so I, I I don't know what brotherly love means other than that. Mhm. Yeah, it has to be wrapped in truth for one thing. And yeah. Then, I mean. Yeah. So so I mean, does that mean that I? that when somebody says something erroneous and they have a false doctrine, that I, I, in order to show brotherly love, I'm supposed to clap and say, hey, that's wonderful? I don't think so. Right. I agree. Um, yeah, um, I, can just, I can just give an example of just what we're talking about. Somebody in my family who I, carry, who I care very deeply about, um, well, I'll just be honest, it's my mother. She believes that she, you know, she's got these Pentecostal traditions, and she believes that she can speak in tongues and prophesy her own tongue. Well, mm. I've had, I have told her very lovingly, 
you know, mother that said, you know, mama, you know, you're, you are serving a false Christ. And this doctrine that you're holding to and these traditions are demonic and they are, and they're, and they're, and, and they're false and they can be nowhere supported in scripture because I love my mother. I tell her that because I love her. Mm-hmm. If I didn't right. love her, I would let her go on down her way perishing, right? right? But because I do love her, I do the hard thing on me. And, you know, forget me, but, you know, I, I tell her the truth. You don't let somebody keep going on in darkness and then say that you love them. Amen, brother. Right? Yeah. Would you, would you allow somebody to, to, to walk to, – if, if, uh, if a blind man was walking towards a pit, would you not warn him? Right. That's, That's right. right. That's Amen. right. I, I can really relate. And by the way, I, an interesting thing, Carl, um, on the speaking in tongues, my, my blood brother was in a church, a uh, large uh, Baptist church in Detroit, and they had a mission, and I believe the person was from India. And he asked the pastor after he gave his mission, whatever it was, report, whatever, if he could bless them uh, in Indian. Okay, and I think that was the language. I think that was what it was. But and uh, anyway, uh, the pastor gave permission and he gave a blessing. Um, after the um, after the service, somebody came up to my brother and said, "Listen, I'm from his country. He, I know what he said. That was a curse. That was not a blessing." Wow. He cursed. Wow. He cursed the church in that foreign language. And see, that's what happens when people do not follow the biblical pattern. If somebody speaks in a foreign language in a church, then there should be an interpreter. Right. Yes. Amen. Right. Yes, sir. Well, that, and, you that... know, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to pose the question here, you know, really quick. Um, and it's also a comment. Um, but before I do, I wanted to say that, you know, I have a lot of respect for Brother Ed Hendry and you, Brother Larry, and you, Brother Mark, and it's just a real blessing to be here with you guys and, um, you know, to prove all things true in Scripture. And in John 17, our our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ prays that we be Bereans essentially. He doesn't refer to it as being a Berean, but this is what he prays for us. And I'll start in John 17, verses 14 through 17 in the authorized King James Version only. Verse 14. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So Christ prays that his word will set us apart from the world, and it will, it, and it will call us out of it. You see, and we will, and you know, he tells us to come out and be separate. And Brother Ed, you know, is so correct, you know, that we, this is a work of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, and to do this, you have to be granted by the Holy Spirit of God. This is something that we cannot do our, do on our own. But this is prayed for by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in, in John 17. And the question or comment that I would have is this. If we don't have an infallible word of God, an authorized King James Version of the Bible, then how can we pretend to be Berean? Oh, that's another very good point. If you can't point to God's word in your language, then you don't have God's word. 
I mean, that's very simple. This yeah. is very simple. I mean, how can somebody claim to be a minister of the gospel, run around preach the gospel, and yet at the same in the same breath say, "Oh, by the way, I don't have the inspired word of God to to to, to give you. I have a translation from the original tongues, which, by the way, were inspired, but I don't have that." Excuse me? No. Yeah. No. That's 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 unacceptable. Now, mind you, mind you, uh, it took me study. I had to unlearn the lies that I had to wa- I shouldn't say unlearn. I had to wade through so many lies to conclude that that all of these Bible societies had been lying all these years, okay, I knew something they were saying did not seem right. It just did not seem right. I dug and dug and dug, and uh, and it's when I realized, and it was with the um, uh, Jack McElroy uh, was a real help in that in his book, which which uh, uh, which book would Jesus read? Uh, which where I understood what it meant. To, have, to be inspired by the Holy Spirit, okay? So when they talk about God's word being inspired, that's when you read it and you understand it, it's inspired. And so it is in the English language. It is in the King James, okay? That's God's inspired word. It is not a mere translation, as some ministers would have you believe. Um, so, and, and these, some of these, uh, uh, these uh, conservative Bible societies that claim to defend the King James, but they don't. Um, uh, D.A. Waite took the position that uh, the King James is the best we have as far as a translation, but that only the original Hebrew and Greek uh, were inspired. And that, that philosophy has gone through all of the churches, all of the conservative churches uh, that adhere to the King James. They still say, well, the King James is only a translation. See, and that is a is is one of devil's uh, one of the devil's very clever deceptions. Mm. Amen. Interesting. You no, know, one very of the well. things I, I hadn't really studied this out like you had, brother Ed. I touched on it, but not near at the depth that you had. But uh, we've talked about this before. But one of the things that always plagued me uh, when all these new versions and translations started coming in, one of the, because I'm a student of the King James Version Bible. I mean, that, that has been kind of my, that's been my interest, to, you know, and I, I'm glad that I've spent as much time studying the Bible, but I, I knew by my study of the Bible that there were so many, many passages of Scripture that affirm that God preserves his word. And so that was my foundation and I would, it would come to my mind, the Holy Spirit would bring it to my mind, the last 400 years of history are just null and void by all these new translations and versions. Mm. And that, that, that's, that's what really came to my mind. I thought, you know what? Every time someone says, we have something newer, we have something better, we have something older, we have something fresher, whatever, they're attacking God's preservation of his word. Yeah. And yeah, so that, that's, right. what, that's really what, what nailed me because I would say to people, you know, wait a minute. 
we've had the authorized King James Version of the Bible the last 400-plus years. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying that that word the la- that we've had the last 400 uh, years is is not 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 good. It's it's null and void now by these new translations or these older manuscripts or whatever you come up with. What about this this book in the English version that we've had for 400 years? What about that book? And they would say, well, then they start attacking it. You know, there's a lot of errors. You know, the italics, the translators weren't inspired. It's not inherent. It's not infallible. And I just knew something was amiss there. I knew there was something wrong there when they started attacking the inherency of the Bible. But, you know, that brings up another question I have for you, Brother Ed. Uh, you know, I, right now, I, I, I just cannot believe the number of emails that I'm getting from people on this. And, and I know a lot of people saying, well, why don't you just put this to bed? Why don't you give it a rest, you know? Uh, the only reason that it's so interesting to me is because it's kind of like the, the cosmology issue. Uh, this issue is now just becoming very, very prevalent not only all over the Internet, but all over the international uh, world as it relates to this uh, heightened uh, propaganda and the pushing of this Zionist movement. And now I have a question for you. Um, Someone says, well, you you curse Israel, you're going to be cursed of God, you bless us. We know that. We know that's an erroneous translation. But, you know, <laughs> if, if I am truly a you child mean interpretation. of God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, misinterpretation. Or, or really, I, I think it would be appropriate to say it's erroneous. I mean, because Scripture points out very clearly that he's not a Jew who's one outwardly, but inwardly circumcision of the heart. But... My question is this, um, if a person is knowingly, now I'm I'm saying knowingly because uh, the person that I'm talking about, I have pointed out time and time again the problem with um, those who are involved in the Talmud and the Kabbalah and those Jews who are upholding the Talmud and the Kabbalah and that it's a Luciferian doctrine. It's Babylonian pagan religion. Now, after you pointed that out to someone two or three times, and then they want to they want to bless those people who are who are endorsing Luciferian doctrine and curse you. You know that reminds me of calling evil good and good evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what yeah, that's it is. A, I think I think you're right. Um, yeah, the it's it's a person's response to the truth that is yeah. so important, and yeah. and this brings us back to Acts chapter seventeen. If a person is to be only a Christian can be like a Berean, and if a person is not a Berean, then it goes the other way also. Can they really be a Christian? I don't think so. So they they have to yield they have to yield to what God's word says. 
So now there's a difference between somebody who's ignorant and somebody who's right. willfully ignorant. Okay. Yes, right. There are people, there are people today who are in prison because the government has determined that willful ignorance is the same as knowledge. Did you know that? The Supreme Court has come out and said so. And so a person who, and basically what the Supreme Court said, this is man's wisdom. This is man's wisdom. I'm not citing this as any kind of authority for biblical authority, but this is man's wisdom. And, but understand this. Uh, th- this is so apropos because basically the Supreme Court has said that if somebody knows enough to pretend that they don't know, they really know the truth, okay? So if somebody knows enough to pretend they don't know, they really do know. So wow. I, I don't, I mean, and, and, and I don't, it's not for me to say one way or the other, okay? But as far as whether somebody's saved or whether somebody's not saved, but uh, all you got to do is look through scripture and, you know, you're either hot or cold. Amen. If you're lukewarm, Jesus said he would spew you from his mouth. Amen. So you have to ask yourself, and by the way, there, there are so many biblical issues like this, not just Zionism. Uh, you can right. go to uh, 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 salvation by grace, by the sovereign choice of God, okay? There are those that say, no, you have your free will, all right? Um, and they will say that, that basically there's a difference in your God from my God. Well, yes, mm-hmm. there is. Yes, there is. Okay. Well, I love the point you made about uh, knowingly, know, in other words, having knowledge. I, I remember I, <laughs> when I was a social worker, I went out to a house one time, and this, this young lady, she's probably in her 20s, uh, and she basically was playing the harlot. And she had children in the house, and this activity was going on and everything. And I had to go out, and I was going to interview the children, and then I had to interview her and make out a report and everything. And I just remember she said to me, okay, Phillips, you know, I know. I know I'm living in sin, okay? I know. (laughs) You know? And and so that has stuck with me. I mean, in other words, she had a knowledge of what she was doing was immoral and sinful, but I'm not going to change anything. In other words, you know, this is the way it is, and I know what I'm doing, and, you know, just, just let it go, basically, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they, they don't, yeah. And, and they will not change. Right. And see, the, and, and here's the thing. Uh, you will have people who will be hard and fast Arminians, okay? And they mm-hmm. will say, they will call, okay, the God of the Bible, okay, they will call him the Calvinist God, uh, although I eschew that, the, the title Calvin. But anyway, they will say that, that that God they will not submit to and that they consider that God to be like a devil. Yeah, now stop and absolutely. reflect on that. That is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Yep. Straight up. 
to attribute the characteristics of God to the devil. And there oh, are yeah. there are people there are people that have said that. Now I will tell oh, you that's why this is the the Arminian issue in particular because they the Arminians uh, and there's more than one that have come right out and said that. Um, well, I, I, I will I, tell you, I know a lot of Arminian uh, and I know a lot of Arminian uh, ministers that take that position. In fact. One of the top professors in the Armenian school that I attended, when he found out I was uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, of course he wouldn't say that, but when the Holy Spirit started to reveal to me the biblical truths of God's word regarding original sin and election, I went to lunch with this guy, this doctor, (laughs) Dr. Omar Lee, he's deceased now, but he said, if... He said, if what you're saying is true, I'll never forget this. If what you're saying is true, that would make God a tyrant. That's the same thing. He's calling God a devil or a tyrant. You're a doctor of theology, you know? Wow. Isn't that the unpardonable sin to attribute the work of the Holy Spirit to Satan? Yes, it is. Yes, sir. Yep, just like these men, just like these men have done with biblical cosmology. Yeah, saying it's yep. a work of saying it, you know, saying it's a work of the devil. You know, this is the you know this is the truth of it all. Those people that say that they will not serve that God that you know that 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 we serve the God of the Bible, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When they say that they won't, they mean it. And you know what? They won't bow because you have to be made to bow. So we're and told that, in Scripture that, that every that's, eye that's is a good me. point. That's a good point. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, you don't give a king a try, and I know I always say this, but right. you don't give a king a try. You are conquered by a king and you are made to bow. And they are exactly right, but make no mistake about it. As, you know, as we're told, everybody's going to bow. Every everything. Mm-hmm. And confess. Now, Carl, what, and what did you say? You don't you don't give a king a try? That's right. You don't give a king a try. You are conquered by a king and a king rules. You don't make a decision for a king and go, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a decision for Christ and just let, let him run my life. That's oh, not that's how it works. That's a good point. That is such a good point. And these and all these people that we've been talking about, you know, they they can't Submit to the law. Romans 8, the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, nor can indeed, can it be so. So the, That's right. By, by sovereign decree of Jehovah, they have been left out in the cold. The carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. That's right. You see, that's right. And you see, this is, and this is the thing about the Armenians. They refuse to acknowledge their sin. They yep. believe that they believe that they may be sinful, but they can still come to God. And in doing so, they deny the gospel of Jesus Christ because we are told that there are none that seeks after God, that no man can come to him, that he that we did not choose him, but he chose us. You know, blessed and, is the man whom thou whom, whom thou choosest and causest to to approach unto thee. You know, we are you know we are told and taught this in Scripture, and you know, again. For us to be a Berean, like Brother Ed was saying earlier, 
It must be a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We just can't will ourselves to do it. God must right. regenerate us by his spirit and give us, you know, give us ears to hear him and a heart to seek him and eyes to seek, or else we won't. You know, and we must have an infallible word of God. He must have preserved that for us, that to even take place. Amen. Hey, Ed, Ed, can you uh, touch on, because I think this is irrelevant, uh, because I think Brother uh, Carl just kind of touched on it too. On your, on your uh, YouTube website, you have a, a teaching on sin. And I think it's very relevant because that is really the crux of another big issue with Arminianism is that, you know, you can, you can, you can live a life that is without sin. That, that's, where, that's the way I was raised, that when you, when you have your first definite work of grace and salvation, then you have to go seek entire sanctification in a second work of salvation in a second work of grace and that is when you become wholly sanctified sanctified holy it has nothing to do with the imputed righteousness of Christ it has to do with God working in you uh, to where you basically what John Wesley taught was sinless perfection okay yes so what I like what I'd like for you to do is touch on that study, and I would recommend people go to his website and listen to that study. I've listened to it. Wow, the first time I heard it, I thought, wow, this is so in contradiction to the way 99% of the Christendom looks at everything. Uh, can you just kind of give a summation of what that teaching is about? Okay. I'm not sure which art. Is it an article or an audio? Is it an audio or an article? Well, uh, it's an audio on, on on the idea that people think that their sins are what uh, keeps them from, in other words, sends them to hell. Okay. Mm. Well, the I, I I can't recall I can't recall it. I posted that a couple of years ago. I can't recall what I said. But bottom line is, um, the idea. See, here's the everything everything with regard to Arminians is brought through free will. So right. even repentance is considered free will. So mm-hmm, repentance right. is actually something you do, but, but it's something that God does through you. See? Just as faith comes by God through you, so, and the grace of God comes from God. So your, your faith comes from God. He's the author and finisher of your uh, faith. Uh, the faith is the faith of Christ. And repentance repentance comes from god so everything comes from god and and the the passage that uh that carl just cited uh psalm 65 4 which is so apropos blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee uh, that he may dwell in the courts we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house even thy holy even of thy holy temple I mean, that is, that's just amazing. So everything is done uh, by God. He chooses and causes that person chosen to approach unto him. Very simple. Amen. And, uh, so I, I, and, and I can't recall what I all said in that, uh, that particular audio. Um, well, basically what, what the, the issue is, you know, Psalm 110.3, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. 
that's basically what we're saying. And if you go back to Romans 9, you know, uh, this is what really jarred me. Uh, the Holy Spirit used this to just literally jar me to my senses, as it were, to spiritual life. Um, I had to read through this about five different times. And I remember I was reading it to my wife when I was reading it. And I'll, I'll just read it. I'm reading in verses uh, 10 and 11. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. Now here's the, here's the most important part of the whole thing. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil. Mm, now, that, that crushes that, Arminianism right there. That's right. Yep. And you know what? If you ever are talking to an Arminian, take them right to this verse. Because I'll, I'll say to them, look, everyone's eternal salvation is rooted and grounded in election. And they'll start scoffing at you. And I'll say it has nothing to do with perceived works, God looking down through the portals of time and seeing that you're going to choose him, repentance, belief, or faith that has nothing to do. It's rooted and grounded in God's election. Because Amen. it says here, being not yet more, neither having done any good or evil. They had not they had not even been born yet, so they had not been born and conceived in sin. They hadn't done any good or evil. Okay. Yeah, and, you right. know what, and you know what the Arminians do in order to get yeah. around that passage? Yeah, I do, but go ahead. Yeah, isn't that shocking? I, 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 right. they, they, they basically say that only applies to the nation of Israel. But yeah. it says children. But it says right there, the children not having, done, not having been born yet. Neither have I been understand born that. Born. But see, you're right. being a Berean. <laughs> they are not. It also points out that it is individuals, both Jacob and Esau. And, and it yep. also says, it says, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. And that was before they were born, and that's before they'd done any good or evil. So yeah. that's really they're talking about. Of, they're talking about the two nations of Israel and the Arabs. That's, that's, oh, how, they, that's how they interpret it. You know what? Like you, like you've often said, it, even if you take their definition of nations, it still doesn't change anything. It's still election. Well, it's still election. Yeah, yeah, it's still election. They hadn't done any good or evil. Uh, those two nations yeah. were in his womb. They hadn't done any good or evil. Oh, oh. You, the, have you heard this one? Have you heard this one? This is, I heard this twenty. No, no, thirty years ago, maybe thirty-five years ago. That. Uh, oh no, no, no. He, he didn't hate Esau. He just loved him less. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. God loves everybody. And he loved Jacob more than he loved Esau. That's all that means. It's I've like, heard, what? What? That's not what it says. Right. Yeah, I, I was talking to a dear brother. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but everyone on this call knows who this is. And I had sent him a copy of my book, God Does Not Love Everyone, But He Does Love His Elect from Everlasting to Everlasting. And I know I knew he had the book for about a week, and I talked to him. He never even brought it up, never brought up the book, never brought it up. So finally I said, hey, did you get that book I sent you? And he said, yeah, I got it. And I said, well, what are your thoughts? Give me some feedback. 
And he said, Larry, I've got now this is a this is a fellow that says he believes in election. We all know him, okay? He said, Larry, he goes, God is love, Larry. God is love. That's the Arminian argument. That mm-hmm. is one of God that is one of God's attributes. God is also a God of wrath. He's a God of jealousy. He's a God of justice. He's a God of righteousness. And Amen. he also is the vindictive God. He is not only a God of love. And so I told this gentleman, I said, you know what? I said, <laughs> God also is a God of hate. And he said, John tells me, that he, God is love. He defines God as love. That's the way the Arminians try to get away from uh, mm-hmm. he saw have I, he saw have I hated. You know. Yeah. Now this this issue of reprobation, or if you want to call it double predestination, whatever you want to call it, the the mm-hmm. fact that God hates but God has two distinctive people on the face of the earth, and I did say face of the earth. Okay. <laughs> Look. I, I am learning, okay, I'm learning. But there are two distinct people on the face of the earth, those for whom Christ died and those for whom Christ didn't die. Am I oversimplifying that? No, you got it absolutely correct. The sheep and the goat, that's it. That's all there is. Yeah. Yep. Right, no, you know, and... and no. You know... Years ago, um, I know that I've shared a little bit of my testimony on here, you know, but years ago when I was involved in drugs and alcohol, um, I would try to get myself situated and worked out or, you know, try to get myself clean. And I would do good for a little while and then I'd fall back off again. And whenever I would manage to stop using drugs and alcohol for that period of, for that period of time, you know, the pain was still there inside of me or this hole or whatever. And I, and I, you know, and I really didn't understand what it was. I thought that because I was doing these things, it was making me a bad person. So if I just stop doing this stuff, I won't be a bad person, but that's not the case at all. That's not the case of us with any, that's not the case at all with any of us. When God saved me and put me in scripture, he taught me through Jesus Christ, when whenever Christ teaches human depravity, and he says it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out. So the thing is, me doing those things didn't make me a bad person. I am a sinner, and I am a horrible yeah. person. That's why I did those things. And that's the difference between us, the believer, and an Armenian yep. wheel worshiper. Yeah. And you have yeah, to be taught and, that by the Holy Spirit of God. You have to be taught that by the Holy Spirit of God. And t- I'm here to tell you, it don't it don't feel good at the time, but I'm sure glad that He had the grace to teach me differently. Amen. Well, Amen. We, Very good. Well did you notice? Did you notice what Carl said? He said, "When God saved me, the the right. Arminians the Arminians talk about getting saved. They don't talk yeah. about God saving them. So they when right. they talk to when they talk about saving." Uh, people or people should get saved like you go get milk like you are the actor the 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 subject in that is the person okay uh where the subject should be god the object should be the person being saved just the way right right you know and the closer you get to god you know and and the closer that you get to him it seems to me the more you realize 
what you are. It's like Isaiah. When Isaiah is brought up before God, what does he say? <laughs> Woe is me, for I'm a man yeah. of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of an unclean people. That's the experience of the believer. That's the experience of the believer. Yep. I liken the I liken the Armenian uh, gospel to a used car dealer. You know, he he's got he's got the he's got the clown out in front of his his establishment, wave, try, waving trying to wave the people in with a sign saying, "Have we got a deal for you?" That's what I like in the Armenian. It's like. You know, because that's what they call it, the free offer of the gospel. It's an offer. They say it's an offer. God's throwing you out an offer. Take it or leave right. it. That that has well, nothing right. to do that has nothing to do with the salvation of the Bible. The salvation of the Bible says that he came to save his people from their sins. And that's he, right. And he there's no potential there's no free offer of the gospel. There's no well man offer the, of the gospel. There's no general call. Uh, God doesn't have three or four wills. He doesn't have a prescriptive will and a permissive will. He works all things That's out right. in counsel of his own will. And so, yeah, when I hear this kind of garbage that's being proclaimed, like I've always said, you know, the, the, the song I always remember was they would sing on their, five times in an altar call to try to get people's emotions all stirred up. Almost mm-hmm. persuaded, almost is lost. You know, sad, yep. sad, that bitter whale, almost but lost. There's no such thing as being almost but lost. You know, That's and by right. the way, only, do you realize <laughs> that only God's sheep are lost? The reprobate aren't lost. I've heard people all refer to, you know, all the time, well, you know, there's a lot of lost people that are going to go to hell. No, only lost people can be found. Okay, all the rest of the people, they're, they're damned. They're already damned. They're far beyond being lost. They're, they're vessels of wrath fitted for destruction. There and it so is. When, when, so when it says that he came to save his people from their sins, we were all like sheep have gone astray. He's turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord's laid on him the iniquity of us, all of his sheep, of us all. Uh, and that goes back Watch to Watch now, Brother piece. Larry. Watch now, Brother Larry. You're being a Berean. Yeah, well, Second Peter 3, 9 is Arminian's favorite, you know, take out of context scripture, isn't it? They leave out the to us word and uh, try to attribute it to all men without exception. So, but anyway. Uh, you, mentioned, you, you, you mentioned the altar call. I just want to interject something really quick because this is kind of interesting. When I was going to school at Notre Dame, Billy Graham was having a revival at Notre Dame Stadium. Now, wow. this is a Roman Catholic. This is a Roman Catholic college. Okay, I was there at school, and I can't remember if it was during the summertime that it was being done, or um, or in the spring. I can't remember. But in any event, um, it was being done at that school, and I thought to myself wow, I guess they're Christians just like we are. I, was, I thought at that time that Catholics were Christian-like, and I thought, oh, Billy Graham, they're coming along. They, you know, we're just going to be ecumenical. It's all great and wonderful. And uh, now I realize what's, what the scam was. See, that well, you was know, the whole idea. The whole idea was you, to, to um, give the 
imprimatur of approval of Billy Graham to the Roman Catholic Church. Well, you know, and, and I, I experienced the opposite thing. I remember where I was going to school, like two blocks down, there was a, a Catholic school, an elementary, a junior high Catholic school. The name on it was Queen of the Holy Rosary. Okay, and I, I was talking to my mom, and I said, "What's the difference between that school and the school that we're going to? This Christian school that we're I'm going to? You know what she said? Oh, there's really not a lot. They just believe a few few little things different than we do. Yeah, yeah. And that's why when the preacher would get up, I remember they had a, a, a minister up there, and he would say, "You know, Billy Graham has done a lot of good, right?" It was, it was a way of bringing the Roman Catholics and the evangelicals together. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I interrupted but, you, Larry. You were going to say something. Yeah, I just said that it was a way of the Roman Catholic, the, of, of more or less stating that Billy Graham had done a lot of good. Well, we know that Billy Graham sent people right back into Rome. He sent people mm-hmm. back yeah. into into um, Judaism as well, back to their rabbis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, one thing I, I would I would really like because there's so much confusion. You know, there's been so many false allegations leveled against Brother Ed, and you know, Good Lord is helping him just <laughs> not get in the flesh, and I'm. I hope I can learn some things from Brother Ed, maybe not take things so, you know. But <clears throat> we're all a little different. But, you know, all of these allegations that have been leveled against, and it just, it really, it really causes me to be righteously indignant, okay? Because these people want to, you know, I just had one gentleman on giving his testimony a couple weeks ago and opened the forum up. Uh, across the world, across YouTube, Sermon Audio, the whole nine yards, Facebook, and he gave what seemed to be a good testimony. But now that same person wants to charge and saying, you're not serving the same Lord I'm serving. Well, you know, (laughs) and the whole issue is over this thing about Zionism. Now, the reason that I'm bringing this up is that I don't know how many churches throughout, Brother Ed could probably give me a percentage, but I don't know how many churches throughout the United States of America are Zionist, but I would say it'd have to be over 80%, okay? Mm-hmm. That holds this position that, you know, that all the Jews are God's chosen people. It doesn't matter how they live. You know, now they may not be as extreme as John Hagee, but now we have, I don't know if you've seen the latest on Jared Kushner, but you might want to check it out. Jared Kushner has a peace plan for all nations that he's going to present in the next few days. And a lot of the Zionists, well, a lot of the rabbis are calling Jared Kushner, what's the term, Brother Ed, for the Messiah, uh, the Jewish Messiah? I can't think of the term. Oh, they call him Mishiach. Mishiach, yeah. There's an article now. As Jared Kushner is their possible Mishiach, okay? But the only reason wow. I'm bringing this is these people in these, these so-called evangelical churches, like Brother Ed said, they're hoodwinked. In other words, they just go along with whatever the, 
the guy up there in the pulpit saying they don't check any of these teachings out with the Bible. They're not Bereans, that's for sure. And because it's political, politically correct, you know, there's, there's churches in Dallas, Texas, for an example. The First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas, I don't know if you remember, but Jeffers is the minister of that church, and he was a huge advocate of Trump. And, if, and they asked him, why, do you, why are you such an advocate of Trump? He said, because Trump is for Israel, okay? That's the answer of, amongst most Southern Baptist churches, because Trump is for Israel. I thought, we were, I thought Trump said he was America first. He, Trump's not America first. Trump is Israel first, okay? And so the only reason I'm bringing this up is that those of us who are in a different camp where we have a different definition of Israel, the Israel of God, spiritual Israel, um, <clears throat> now we are going to be, we're going to be, I believe, and I'm not a prophet, I'm just saying I believe that we're going to be even more ostracized and, you know, and possibly as these laws become stricter and stricter against saying anything out against the Jews or Zionism, uh, I think we're going to see persecution. And, of course, I, that's what Christ said was going to happen, so I shouldn't be surprised. But I, mm -hmm. I don't have my head stuck down in the sand either. Uh, and the the fact is that you've got all of this technology going on in Israel right now. They're the they're at the top. They're the cream of the cream as far as you know RFD yeah. technology and all that stuff. So what do you guys think about this as far as um, the subject we're talking about? You know when you try well, to there's, point there's, out there, there's already there's already legislation that would make it. Uh, well, it would authorize the states to uh, to punish companies or individuals who would seek to boycott Israel, to have a political protest against Israel, and a state could withhold contracts from such a company or a person and, and not give them any state services. This is, this is legislation, federal legislation that is going through, sponsored by um, Rubio. Wow. Let me, let me ask you know, a question. And you let, know, let me ask you. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, what we're talking was, about here, what we're talking <laughs> about here, yeah, what we're talking about here is spiritual wickedness in high places. And we're talking about the state sponsored religion of Satan himself. Yep. All right? That's what we're talking about here. So, Amen. of course. Of course, we are not only going to bump up against spiritual wickedness and find it difficult, but ultimately, you know, we're there. We're going there. There are people that are going to lose their lives. This is mm. prophesied in the scriptures for us by our Lord and Savior. All right, and we have to remember that this is, you know, this is a spiritual thing, and that's what we're bumping up against. These the state-sponsored religion of Satan himself that he has preserved to bring forth the Antichrist. Mm. That's what we're dealing with, you know. And it amazes me that you know that people don't see that. And I think I think it's like Brother Walt Sickles has said a lot of times. You know, I think we're a lot further down the road than we even realize. What I mean by that is. Um, 
and I know you all have all thought about this. I mean, you know, I, I was thinking about this today, you know. Um, over 55% of now the United States population is on some sort of get, getting some sort of money from the government, either Social Security, SSI, food stamps, uh, a big part of it is Social Security. Okay, now mm-hmm. if if I'm just I'm just doing a hypothetical, and I know people don't like to deal in hypotheticals, but just say that uh, Trump wanted to some way <clears throat> uh, create some kind of a national emergency where I mean he shut down the federal government for crying out loud. And, and if he all of a sudden said, we just don't have enough money in the Treasury to pay the Social Security uh, monthly disbursements, okay, I'm sorry, okay, we, we just don't have enough money, okay. Now, the only reason I'm pointing this out, can you imagine the civil unrest that would be in this country? Because people, uh, about 55 million people at least depend upon their monthly Social Security checks. Can you mm-hmm. imagine? Now, they're only. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be a fear monger. I'm not because God is sovereign over all of it. But I don't have my head down in the sand either. You know, they were telling my son, as you know, my son is on. The, he has to have medication, and if he doesn't have medication, um, well, in other words, he probably wouldn't be with us. Well, anyway. Uh, here a few months ago, I was talking to one of the psychiatrists, and they were saying that there is a bill proposed that anyone who is on the health net that's on Medicaid, um, they, they're, they're talking about for security reasons, okay, that they, they want them to be RFID chipped, okay? Now, wow. I, I, think of the implications of that, Okay. Now, we've talked about this before, and so I agree with Brother Carl. In other words, we're facing the ultimate. Technology is going a lot faster than what we realized. I mean, now they're talking about having a, uh, you know, coming up with some kind of a, a cyber temple in Israel. I don't know if you've seen this now. They say, hey, it's not going to be a physical temple. It's going to be a cyber temple, okay, coming down. They're going to bring it down out of the heavens. This sounds almost prophetic. In other words, it says that they're going to, you know, they're going to, ha- they're going to, they're going to, they're going to be bringing all of these things that's going to boggle our minds with all of this technology, with our AI and all of this. And the reason I'm bringing this up is that we have to stay in the bible we cannot and that's what brother carl has been emphasizing it once we start going outside of the bible for our regulated principle we we have to be very very careful you know now i agree with you brother ed what you said i think you nailed it as it relates to this uh um oh what was his name the the roman catholic that did the speech in 19 benjamin somebody I can't think of his last name. No, you talking about Billy Graham? Benjamin. No, the 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 Roman Catholic. Oh, Friedman. 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 Benjamin Friedman. I mean, yeah. Anybody anybody that listens to that speech, and a lot of people will not listen to it because he's Roman Catholic. I would say that if you listen to it, you'll change your mind because this guy is giving you history of what happened in World War One and World War Two in Germany. 
And he was there. All of this. He was an insider. Yeah. He was there at the meetings. He heard it. He saw yeah. it. He was there. He was a Jew at the time. See? Yes. And he, so he is- actually shows that the reason, you know, when he talk, when people talk about the Balfour Declaration and everything else, look, these people had a purpose for creating uh, a place for these Jews to go. They wanted to create this. And by the way, it wasn't just to create a state of Israel. It was to to have a world, to have a a a center of power to to conquer the world. That's that was that you got was it. the, the purpose. So anyway, that's exactly uh, what it was. One of the questions I had for you, and I wanted to, to ask you because I, I get I get this all the time. And by the way, I'm getting this a lot uh, a lot from Walter Stickle. Okay, I, I will tell you, and I'm getting it a lot from um, Adam um, Andrew Brown. Okay, and other people. Uh, they want proof. They want absolute proof. Okay that the Zionists created the Roman Catholic Church because they believe, I don't know how, maybe you could help me on this because I'm confused. I'm not a historian. Why do we have all of these people saying that the Jesuits created the Zionists through Ribera and all that? Why are they saying the Jesuits created the Zionists? Because the, Gent- the Jesuits, like the Freemasons, are a Gentile front, as is the Roman Catholic Church. And if they want proof, I've laid it out point by point, and I have uh, hundreds and hundreds of end notes showing all of my authority, uh, and, you, and a lot of it's biblical. In, that, in my book that I wrote, Solving the Mystery of Babylon the Great, in there right. I prove beyond any doubt that it was the Judaizers that were trying to infiltrate the church. They could not infiltrate the church. Why? Because the church, by definition, cannot be infiltrated. It is the body of Christ. And so what they did was they created a false church. Okay? Uh, Christ has a true universal church of which we are a member. Okay? We are bodies. We are the body of Christ. Roman Catholic Church was created, Catholic meaning, meaning universal, with the Pope as its head, okay, under the, uh, and it was, it was established by the Jews, by the Jews, okay, understand that. They mm. tried to Judaize the church, and they did succeed by virtue of the Roman Catholic Church, okay. They used the, the doctrines of the Talmud and the Kabbalah, okay, for just an example, just give you one example, okay? The, uh, the College of Cardinals, okay, is a direct replica of the Sanhedrin. It is, it is it, it, they, they convene in accordance with the rules and regulations of the Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin simply means 70. They had the 70 elders. Those 70 elders were the chief priests. The chief priests would elect the high priest. Well, guess what? What does cardinal mean? Cardinal means chief. And every one of those cardinals is a priest. They are chief priests, okay? Who they elect? They elect the pope. He is the high priest. You see, it is a Gentile front for a Jewish religion. That is Judaism Amen. for Gentiles is what that is. Amen. Wow. So, 
why, why do all of these people make allegations against you personally, ad hominem attacks, saying that you're a gatekeeper, you know, for the Jesuits by always pointing to the Zionists and not bringing up the Catholics? And I know that, in a fact, you have, you, if anybody has come against the Jesuits and the Roman Catholic Church, you have done it over and over in your books. Why do people make these false allegations if it's not a spiritually... Because they are being influenced by the real gatekeepers who will do anything, do anything to protect the Jews. They Mm -hmm. understand this. The Jesuits were founded by a crypto-Jew named Ignatius of Loyola. He was a Murano Jew and... uh, Many, in fact, there's a website that has 300 Jewish Jesuits listed, famous Jewish yeah. Jesuits, and there are many more than that, but those are the ones they could verify. So the, the Jesuits, uh, just like the Roman Catholic Church, yes, there are Gentiles that are Jesuits. Yes, there are Gentiles who are Roman Catholics. But at the very top, that is being run by the Jews. It's like the Freemasons. Yes, the Freemasons are basically, for the most part, made up of Gentiles. But at the very top, it's run by the Jews. All the way through, it is a Jewish organization. It is run by Jews on Jewish principles. Uh, I'm trying to give you a, an example. You, you, go, you, you go to your bank, okay? Yeah, okay, your bank teller is going to be a Gentile. Maybe the bank president is going to be a Gentile. The branch manager is going to be a Gentile. But let me tell you, the owner of that bank, is the Jews, okay? So, you know, they're being ignorant by by looking at the front men. Which book did you write first, Bloody Zion or Mystery Babylon? Mystery Babylon. Okay. And Bloody Zion is really uh, kind of a – what what is the the major thrust? And I've I've read both of those. It's been a while. I need to read them both again. However, I've given them both away now. So I you know I always give when I the problem is when I get a really good book and I'm excited about it, I always get it in somebody else's hands. But that messes me up. Uh, I'll, 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 send you, I'll send you another copy. But, but yeah, the 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 idea behind uh, Bloody Zion is to expose the Christian Zionist uh, movement. And also okay. to, to, to explain why it's so dangerous, what it is about okay. Zionism that's dangerous, what is their motive, okay? Their motive is world conquest. Zionism right. is not a homeland for the Jews. No, it is a headquarters for the Jews who seek to that's rule the world. That's what it is, okay, first of all. Second of all, uh, now with, with regard to the... Um, uh, Solving the Mystery of Babylon the Great. In there, I trace the um, uh, the Jewish conspiracy against uh, Christ and his anointed uh, throughout history, culminating in the establishment of the Roman Catholic Church. And I explain point by point the parallels between their religions, talking, explaining theologically, okay, uh, their liturgy, um, and that's why, by the way. Friedman felt so comfortable when he left Judaism to go to the Roman Catholic Church. You find that a lot. Many Jews will leave Judaism and go to the Roman Catholic Church. And many, by the way, go to the Roman Catholic Church as crypto-Jews, never actually leaving Judaism. 
that is the church of their, of their choice because many of the rituals and, and doctrines uh, and the esoteric uh, practices uh, parallel very closely Judaism. You know, I, I really think that is, and I, I was sharing that with the brothers. We got a, we're over at the top of the hour, but I was sharing with the brothers. I think that's why our brother, who we know who we're talking about, became so upset because, you know, in the last few days he's gotten those books you sent him, and all of a sudden a whole new world has been shown to him, and it's like happens to a lot of us. We go into panic mode. I mean, I've been there. I remember the first time I was shared uh geocentrism i mean i i was like my whole world was i was spinning i was spinning at sixty six thousand miles an hour and a thousand miles of the equator and all of a sudden somebody shocks <laughs> me and tells me i'm standing still okay so you know you're right well listen we i we have covered a lot tonight i mean so much is going on um and uh brother ed's not going to be able to be with us on the fourth but on the 11th He's going to get into a lot more depth on this subject that we're talking. What do you want to call this topic uh, on the eleventh that you you want to address? You want to uh, what would you what would you call it? The influence of Zionism uh, on the world stage, or, or what would it, what would it be? Yeah, I mean we can we can talk about we'll just talk about Zionism period, and and we can take okay. it in any number of different directions what it is. Uh, how it is that it has such great influence on the Christian church, uh, yeah. you know, uh, how that came about. And when, when I say Christian church, I'm using Christian in the, um, well, in the secular because yeah. these, some of these churches, as, as you know, are, are more covens than they are churches. Right, right. Well, listen, it's 7.05. Uh, we covered a lot of ground. We will plan on being with you on Wednesday night. We're in the middle of Chapter 21 of the book, God Does Not Love Everyone, But He Does Love His Elect from Everlasting to Everlasting. And then uh, we'll have uh, services on Sunday uh, morning and evening. And it's not just because it's Sunday. I'm not one of these Sunday-only worshipers, okay? Uh, we, we should be worshiping God in word and thought and deed every day, not just one day a week. And then next Monday uh, is going to be the 4th. I haven't come up with a topic for that yet, but then Brother Ed will be back on the 11th. Brother Ed's not going to be with us next um, next week. So with that, uh, anybody have any – I know that there's one guy on here that always likes to give a quote. <laughs> yeah, I would like to read um, – if, if, yeah, if you don't mind, I'd, I'd just like to read a couple verses of Scripture real quick first, if you don't mind. Okay. All right, Revelate. Revelation 19, 11 through verses 16, in the authorized King James Version only, verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And fellows, brothers in Jesus Christ, and everybody listening, you don't give a king a try, and he is Lord and king. And he's coming. He's coming, not because we say so, because the Word of God says so. And God bless everybody listening. 
Thank you, Brother Ed, so much. God bless you, Brother Larry, Brother Mark. We love everybody. Um, and peace if possible, and truth at all costs. Martin Luther. Amen. All right. Amen. Well, thank you, Brother Ed, and uh, have a good uh, stay away from us, and we'll look we'll look forward to you uh, being back with us on the 11th. Okay. See you then. All right. Good night. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother Mark Kennedy, too. Appreciate it. Love you guys. God bless. Love you too, brother Mark. Love you, brother Carl. Uh,